Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're Forty here tracks. to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise 40. to bring lively conversation and debate 40. around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals. And if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? The red light's rolling and we're joined by Mike to my left. Hi Pete, hi Chris, how you doing? And we've Hiya. got Chris. Chris, I don't know where you are. Where in the world are you, Chris? Uh, I'm working from home today. Uh, so I'm in the Midlands. Um, so I'm, oh. I'm taking a break from, from travelling the country, bouncing between various court hearings and client meetings. Fantastic. And um, you, you mentioned on the previous podcast that you've been doing quite a bit with uh, the Logistics UK Transport Manager Forum. Um I'm, I'm guessing that's kept you busy and traveling around the country as well, is it? Oh, abs- absolutely. I mean, they're, they're great events, really great events, but they, uh, uh, they've been all, all around. So, so I was in Northern Ireland for one of them not so long ago, a couple of weeks. And I've, I think I've, I've done, uh, I've done Doncaster, Peterborough, uh, at least probably three or four others. Uh, and my colleague, Charlotte Hunt, who, um, and Lily Oliver, who are part of our transport team? We've together been doing them. So yeah, they've been great—a great opportunity to catch up with transport managers and hear the views of the traffic commissioners, who have really represented uh, represented them well. You, you sounded like a rock star then. You wake up on a Wednesday and it's Peterborough or Doncaster. You know, it's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my job really is that glamorous. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, I think. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll be a wor- worthwhile investment. Um, in spending the time doing those. I think, like anything in the transport sector and in the industry, it's vital that we uh, we get out and engage with the community, get out and engage with the profession proactively. Um, it sometimes, it, you know, the, the the payoff for the investment doesn't always sort of come straight through. But it's important for us to to be out there and speaking to people because I think I think we learn so much, and you know, we get to build connections that that, that really matter because I think. We're in a personal business, aren't we? It's very much about the individual yeah. connections that we make with people, isn't it? So, oh, fantastic. Well, I'm, uh, I'm I'm pleased you've been getting on well with those. So, this session we're going to be looking at the uh, what's coming in 2023. Um, so, uh, you know, we've just done we've just done sort of uh, the third party trade, as we know, that's been a bit of a hot topic, and then we were looking at uh, hot topics for 2022. So, what what's coming in 2023, Chris? What's uh, what you got in your crystal ball, mate? In my, in my crystal ball, well, obviously a lot of the same issues. So I, I won't go through them all in detail, but but you know, the focus will continue to be on remitting on things like brake tests, bridge strikes, uh, wheel uh, security, load security, things like that. But if I was to try and think uh, or, or think about what, what actually is potentially going to be slightly new or perhaps um, a new aspect of it, Targeted enforcement is a big one. A DVSA have been you know, saying for years that they're moving towards targeted enforcement. So, you know, the earned recognition scheme is, is part of that. The, the focus on the seriously and serially non-compliant. And that's just uh, that that's just going to be ramping up. Um, the desk-based assessment procedure that the DVSA have rolled out in recent years and really came into its own in during COVID has has uh, shows no sign of abating and in fact my view is that it's going to continue and it's going to make up the vast bulk of dvsa enforcement activity uh, there's still no substitute for for boots on the ground and traffic examiners knocking on your door at, at seven in the morning 
but the reach of DBSA with the resources they've got by sending in, for those who don't know, uh, instead of the old system of a, a traffic examiner turning up at your doorstep and asking to see your records, it's an email arriving from the Central Enforcement Office in Bristol with an incredibly detailed questionnaire saying, give us all of the information about how you manage your transport, send us all of your records, all of your systems, your raw tachograph data, and we'll do a full remote audit. And if there are problems, then it will get escalated in the same way that it would do if it were a traditional visit. And I suppose the message I'd have for operators on that front, uh, you only get 14 days normally to respond to one of these. And it's not a short it's not a short form to complete. It's a very detailed questionnaire. You're playing with fire if you wait until you get one of these audits before you start thinking, well, how would I respond to it? You've got to really have a system in place beforehand. Think about where where are my records? How quickly can I access them? If I got received one of these questionnaires and they're available online, so you can you can you can challenge yourself with one of them. How would you respond to it? Because fourteen days is not a lot of time, and if you if you delay a response, it can be grounds for suggesting to the regulator that you're not where you need to be. So that's a, that's a big one for the year ahead. Well, it's um, potentially only a two-week holiday, Chris, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Potentially only a two-week well, holiday if, 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 if they it. catch you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very short space of time, very short space of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is why you don't want to be scrabbling around trying to say, well, what happened with that, with that stretched inspection um, you know, six months ago? I'm sure maybe, I'm sure, I'm sure that was a delay on the part of the garage, but I can't remember what happened. I don't have the records. Um, the person who I need to speak to is on holiday at the moment. You know, that's not where you want to be. You need to get your submission in 100% right away. Uh, so that's one, to, that's one to focus on. Another one that's really front and centre and has been front and centre of these uh, Logistics UK conferences has been the management of vehicle technology. And what I mean by that uh, is, well, first principles, vehicle technology is great. It's a real opportunity to have efficiencies, to have uh, safety, increased safety across your fleet. If you're talking about things like driver-facing cameras, uh, systems for monitoring harsh braking and, and recording that data, cyclist detection systems, tracking data, whatever it is, all of these things that have been introduced over the last few years, and there are going to be more of them, are, are, are excellent. However... <laughs> As a, as a lawyer, I, I often have the however moment with my clients because all of this data, which is effectively telling you as the operator, you as the transport manager, how safely your vehicles are being driven and, and where there, there are any risk areas developing, you're getting all of that information. You're on notice. And whether you look at it or not, you as a company are on notice if you've got a driver, Joe Bloggs, who repeatedly is uh, braking in an unusual fashion or driver-facing cameras indicating eye-blinking in such a way that he's, you know, fatigued clearly and there's something wrong. And if you're on notice of that or should be on notice and then you don't do anything, should an accident happen, the very first thing the police will do is say, we will have all of that data for the preceding, I don't know, two months 
We'll also take the vehicle and we'll download what we can ourselves. And if that information demonstrates that a trend of, uns of unsafe trend was developing, as a transport manager, very difficult questions are going to be asked of you if you didn't look at this data or didn't have a way of managing it. Um, and that's something to really, really, really consider. And mm. a kind of side part to that is you know, the dreaded words GDPR, because all of this data is, 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 you know, a lot of it falls within GDPR. How are you managing that data? Is it being mm -hmm. used safely and securely and in, in an appropriate way? So the, the job of a transport manager is quite different now than how it was 10 years ago. Um, you've got to really understand all of this technology. You've got to understand how to use it. And you've also got to ask yourself the question, do your drivers understand? Mm. If you've got an agency driver that you've got in on a Monday, you've given them a quick induction, you've put them behind one of your vehicles, have they ever have they ever used a vehicle with the, I don't know, 360-degree cameras or with um, all of this equipment installed? Do they know how to use it? Do they know what your company's systems and procedures are? It makes it that little bit more challenging and things aren't quite as simple anymore as just there are the keys mm -hmm. off you go. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I presume you guys have come across something similar, have you, in your line of work? Yeah, absolutely. So the data, the data's there and I know there's a couple of uh, companies out there who are, who, that they help as a third party, they help transport managers analyze the data. But, um, you know, essentially the, the tachographs alone can pick up a lot, a lot of data. So, you know, just take Tachomaster, for example, you can run what's called a management report, which was something I would do on a regular basis. Um, and you can see harsh braking, you can see, mm. uh, you know, different driving styles. And, and even that gives you a bit of a score just based on um, just on, on what the taco itself is picking up, uh, let alone, you know, your tracker and I'm sure, you, you know, the, the driver driver features that you can have with that as well as the cameras. You know, it's an, it's an awful lot of information now. So I suppose it's a it's a really big job for transport managers to think proactively about what they're going to what they're going to use. I think, yeah, as well. I mean, the, the whole um, we've noticed, you know, for a few years, I don't know if you've, you've sort of noticed the same, Chris, but over the last few years has become sort of like a detachment between a transport manager in the old traditional sense of the word, and then a compliance manager. So you kind of got two streams now of, 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 of transport managers. But there's a third one that I wasn't really aware of until a few years ago. And I was working with a, a local company and um, big company, big operator. And they've got data anal analysts. And I thought, well, I've never heard of that before in the transport business. But, <laughs> and, and, but you know, what, what Pete's just said there, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it, really? If you if you've got this data, you've got to be able to use it. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. Yeah, we've, we've got and we've got we've got a lad in just in the flagship team. Sorry, we've got we've got a lad in the flagship team. He's only in his early twenties. He's learning to do his transport manager CPC, but he's not really got any background in the transport sector. But we use him 
just alone for data, for data entry, for things like, you know, helping manage tachograph analysis, running reports, looking at the data, highlighting any anomalies, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, you know, it's an ideal job, but actually, you know, we've always thought, Essentially, the the, the 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 field of play is evolving. It's the field changing, of play is evolving, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, and, and that, that, like Absolutely. Mike says, there are definitely. I think there's essentially even in a small fleet, you've got you know a multiple roles of the traditional transport manager who's seen as the guy who manages the drivers and manages mm. the maintenance. There's 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 a lot more to it now, and there's you know I I come across it all the time where we'll deal with um, or we'll help support essentially uh, more experienced transport managers, but help introduce them to the 21st century technology. And it's about introducing them to sort of what's available to them in the systems that are there as well. Um, because like you say, there's an expectation that they're utilising that information. Absolutely. And, and as I said, it's a, prof- it's a very professional job, you know, a very mm-hmm. professional job. It's not like maybe, you know, many years ago, uh, a, a driver of many years standing would be given the, given the, the job. It, it, is, yeah. it is a highly professional job now. It's a professionally qualified job. And the requirement to stay up to date where things change so quickly is, uh, is, is, is higher now than ever because if something goes wrong, the DVSA, the traffic commissioners, will expect a level of excellence at all times that must be met. And it's never going to be enough to say, well, I... I, I didn't cover this in my CPC course ten years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, um, yeah I mean that's a, a, a podcast for another day. But um, yeah, I think I think the the syllabus we quite often speak about this, and the syllabus is probably not fit for purpose now. I think it needs to probably move on a little bit. Um, but uh, we, I, I guess that's for that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> well, I, I, I have I have heard a lot of talk about. It. I mean, I, I know that. Um, I think I'm right in saying that uh, a certain former traffic commissioner is is looking at the syllabus um, uh, and and is in the process of of you know making recommendations to to make it mm. perhaps more use not user friendly but more operations focused rather than perhaps um, uh, kind of academically focused. Absolutely, and I think um, an interesting thing I just wanted to share is actually someone else's podcast, but I heard a podcast with Sarah Bell. Um, who, who obviously is a current acting transport uh, traffic traffic commissioner. Sorry, excuse my getting my words in a twiz. It's five o'clock on a Monday, so um, but she's obviously uh, traffic commissioner. Is it she for London region? Sarah yeah, Bell? London and the south southeast. That's right. Yeah, so she's a little bit out, out. Tends to be out of the territory for some of my uh, some of my clients, but nonetheless, she um, she was on a podcast recently. I found it f- fascinating, and she made it really clear that the expectation of a traffic commissioner or her expectation with transport managers is, is that all the information is freely and readily available out there. So ignorance is not an excuse. And it's the same with the data from the technology. The the information is there and ignorance is no longer an excuse. So therefore you need to ensure that you, you know, you know, you know what is changing, what the legislation state in, what the guidance is, um, and making sure you stay on top of stuff. That's it. That's it. And so uh, and then the, the other thing, I suppose, for the year ahead, if we, I don't know, do we have time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, carry, carry on, Chris. Go on. We, uh, I think we'll keep I think the we're listeners. About February at the minute. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we'll keep we'll keep the listeners engaged for a bit longer, mate. Don't you worry. What, what else? Have oh, you got for right. Um, 
I don't know if either of you noticed the latest uh, upper tribunal decision on the question of fleet authorization. Um, Ooh, so, so this is, yeah, it, it's it's caused a bit of a shiver up the industry because it, there was a, a generally understood uh, approach that so if if for example you've got an authorization for forty trucks, but you've actually got fifty in possession, and for whatever reason you 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 when you take a vehicle off for maintenance, you just swap the disc, specify a new vehicle on uh, from your, your store of your 10 spares, and you run things that way. And that's not actually been that uncommon in the past. Uh, well, recently it was actually tested and uh, in the upper tribunal, and actually the, the view taken by the judge was pretty resounding that actually if you've got 50 vehicles, you need a license for 50 vehicles. And the reasoning actually made perfect sense when you thought about it, because your requirement for financial standing is to have financial standing for the number of vehicles you're authorised. So you can pay to maintain your fleet of 40, you need a certain amount. But if you've actually got 50, then suddenly the financial standing spread across that fleet doesn't go so far. And likewise, as a transport manager, if you're you're saying to the traffic commissioner, I'm looking after these 40 vehicles, but actually looking after 50, even if only 40 go on the road at any one time, then uh, again, it, it, there, there's, there's, a, there's a disconnect there, isn't there? So, so the, new, the new view, um, arguably for some ways in the view, is that you've got to be very careful about this. And that might mean new applications to increase your authority at an operating centre or uh, your, uh, certainly your overall fleet authority. And that in turn could raise the prospect of local objections against uh, against a fleet increase when in fact maybe you've not been changing things at all maybe you're going to keep the same fleet operated but you still have to publish now that you're going up to maybe the 50 so that's one to have on everybody's radar because mm, uh, i think that took a lot of the industry by surprise um and then i suppose another another big one i don't know have, have you guys noticed uh, about I think this last year maybe it was a little bit longer ago than that. Certainly recently, the uh, traffic commissioners have started publishing driver conduct outcomes. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So that's 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 an interesting one because they never used to do that, and the implications of that for the operator are there's now no longer an excuse for an operator to find themselves stung by taking on a driver who uh, says that he's fine to work but actually has been suspended by the traffic commissioner because as an operator you you don't have any other way of knowing if the driver who comes to you and shows you his license and says I, I, you know, I'll, I'll take this job or I'll take this agency shift you don't have any way of knowing whether or not three weeks beforehand the traffic commissioner suspended his license mm. and now you do have a way because you can go online and you can search, maybe, you know, control F through the great mm. big spreadsheet, type in the driver's yeah. name, find out whether that's the case. Very unlikely that it will apply, but it has happened. And operators have been badly stung in allowing drivers behind the wheels of their trucks when they were suspended by the commissioner. And uh, so I'd say that's a big one for the year ahead. Yeah, I'm inter- interested in that. What would the position be? Chris, if, if an operator used that as a way of filtering out um, drivers that may have had not necessarily a, um, a suspension of the, or it might be a, a spent suspension, 
um, for, in terms of uh, for employment uh, law? Would that, well, would that... That's a, a good question. I mean, uh, you'd have to probably speak to one of my excellent colleagues in our employment team who we work really closely on just issues mm. like this. There's a huge amount of overlap between employment and transport regulatory yeah. law because a lot of what you're dealing with is problems that have happened with your drivers or problems that maybe have happened with a transport manager. And you can't deal with it in an isolation. Uh, you, you have to have, think employment and transport together. And so that's certainly something that's, you know, is an issue. Uh, it's public information. It's there. The mm-hmm. traffic commissioners yeah. expect operators to use it. And ultimately, it goes to the question of road safety. Uh, it, but but also questions might be asked if if um, it comes up at a later stage. What happens if you've employed a driver and you subsequently find out uh, on a regular check that before you employed them, they had this and it wasn't declared? These these are things that, that need to be on people's radar, I think. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Fascinating, that, yeah. I, I, always, have words, that I always have a nose through, so I don't <laughs> recognise any names. It's <laughs> yeah. a fairly, it's a fairly robust document, it. though, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. Oh, it's fairly, just, well, it's that's a, worrying. It's so large, it's isn't it? It's worrying. There's so many names on it, you know. I, I think I, I always like to see the annual reports because they always have the interesting statistics, and I'm always amazed at just how many driver conduct hearings there are and just how many... Uh, decisions are made which don't go to a conduct hearing but but uh but but i mean we're talking tens of thousands it's amazing yeah i definitely think there's a use of that control f function how many transport managers do you reckon that's a poll isn't it no about control f on a driver (laughs) conduct hearing (laughs) search yeah well they will do they will do after this podcast chris if people need some it support they're welcome to give us a shout (laughs) I'm the, I'm the worst person to go to for IT support. I could I can tell Me you. Me too. <laughs> oh, fantastic, uh, Chris! You've been a gent. Uh, we've really enjoyed having three podcasts with you uh, over the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing your insights. And, uh, it's been a it's been a real pleasure. A real pleasure. Fantastic, and uh, obviously let's let's not leave it so long next no. time. Let's uh, you know you, you're yeah. more than welcome. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you've got a spare bit of time, pop uh, give us a shout, and we'll have you. Uh, have you back on the podcast anytime you're more than welcome chris an honorary geek. yeah you're an honorary geek chris how do you, how's that feel i like it i like do i do i get a badge or something i, I hope yeah, so. I, I reckon we're gonna have to sort out a badge yeah you can you can have a, you can have a, yeah you can have some uh we'll get you a baseball cap chris i reckon you look like a baseball cap kind of guy sounds good sounds yeah, good fantastic fantastic right then um chris it's been an absolute pleasure i'm going to end the recording there thank you very much I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.